Amen. Uh, this week we had a very special, uh, very special guest. I had four Chinese boys stay with us. They were 12 to 14 years old. Challenging age, but they stayed with us for a week. And uh, they came with a teacher, one of their teachers, one of the uh, teachers in charge. They come out to the United States at, uh, you know, uh, 10 days at a time. They come here to check the schools to see what's available, what it costs. They visit several schools and they kind of find out uh, what's available for them to do because there's a great influx of uh, Asian students coming to America to do high school right now. It's actually way cheaper for them to do high school here. So uh, they come and we, we have this lady that has a program that finds homes where they can stay for the time they're here. They have lots of money. They don't need to go stay in anybody's home. They could stay at the Hilton if they wanted, but they'd rather have them stay in home so they can connect with the culture find out what's going on, how life is being, uh, you know, developed here. They want the students to actually have uh, an experience with families. So we signed up to be one of those families because it does two things. It helps us pay the rent and we get to connect with people and minister to people at a deeper level. Just on the way here, Tilly was telling me about speaking to this Chinese girl about Jesus and, you know, just coming to a place where they're saying, I, I didn't grow up with this. I don't know anything about this, but this makes sense. I, I want Jesus, you know? So it's, it's a great opportunity to minister to people. And uh, we've had that privilege to do that together with the chaos and confusion and noise. On Friday night, there were 13 people spending the night at our house. So it's never a dull moment at the mistress. It's very exciting. So anyway, what I wanted to tell you is that uh, I've had... Uh, uh, I think three or four teachers that stay with us, adults, they're normally the teacher in charge of the school where they come from in China. They're influential people in a sense of what they are back in China. And they have tremendous influence over people. And they grew up, they're not allowed to do Christianity, as you know. They're not allowed to speak of their faith and all that stuff. And when they come, uh, they always uh, ask who they're staying with. And, and normally they tell them, you know, you're going to stay with this family. This is what they do. And they tell them this thing with Inacio Tilly and he's a pastor. And in the beginning, one of them got a little like, uh, I don't know about that. He was a little nervous, but he came and stayed with us. And uh, after four or five days staying with us, he said, uh, I, I wanted to thank you uh, for not pushing me against the wall and pounding me with Bible verses and forcing me to believe your religion. While I stayed with you, I said, oh, no. We don't believe in that. We believe in you finding Christ in us rather than us trying to impose any religion on you. And he goes like, well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. And he started to say, I love the atmosphere of your home. I love this and I love that. And, I, and they came to the church here and they came to see everything. And in the end, he said to me, will you pray for me? And I said, uh, sure, I will pray for you. And I'll continue to pray for you. He said he gave me his number and he said, this is my number in China. This is my address. If you come to China, if you ever come to China, or if I ever come to America again, I want to connect with you, but can we go on WeChat? And we, so we have this WeChat thing. We, we communicate, and we've been able to share Jesus and talk about Jesus and bring God to the forefront without having to pound people and force people into a, a religious system. But anyway, after that, we've had a few more, a couple more, and then this week we had one male teacher uh, same situation. He came, stayed with us, knew where I was, and uh, he had something made for me as a gift. And I had to share it with you because I think it's super significant. This comes from a person of 
no faith. A person that um, did not grow up with the faith in God, but knowing who I was and after staying with us for a week, had us ordered and made for us, or for me, I guess for my <laughs> wife and I. You want to help me? Make sure I do this the right way. Scroll all the way out. Lift it up. So we'll read Chinese here. Is it upside down? Man, you guys know more Chinese than I do. Does that make sense now? Ah, okay. Those of you that know, read it. What does it say? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> so this means God rewards diligence or God rewards with heavenly blessings the diligence. That's what it says. Isn't that cool? Super cool. I'm going to hang this in my office somewhere. This is made by a person that does not know anything about God but wants to honor. Isn't that fantastic? Fantastic. Can you roll that up for me, please? Thank you. Fantastic. I thought I would share that with you. Oh, thank you. You could do it over there. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. These are very significant gifts for us, uh, even though uh, we got other gifts. And uh, Philly and I were surprised with these two amazing gifts on, on, on someone, was it uh, Friday night? Yeah, these two boys came up to us and said, was it the one boy? One boy. He came up to us and he said, for mom, for dad. And I was like, yeah, packet. You know, love packets. Oh, you see a packet. <laughs> so we opened this packet. It's a real Christian Dior scarf that's very large. It says Christian Dior. I looked it up. 850 bucks a piece. And I was like, one for me, one for mom. Mm. We're going to wear them to church and show up and go like, whoa, these people got money. These people got money. Right? We got Christian Dior. So next time we go to Boston, we're going we're gonna to show up with our Christian Dior move. We're going to make Sean Foster upset with that one. Christian Dior move. <laughs> but folks, just another opportunity to touch people's lives, right? And to bring Jesus to the forefront. God indeed rewards the diligent, and God indeed gives heavenly rewards to the diligent. There was such a cool reminder to me and a confirmation to the word that has brought, been brought forth, you know, the week before and then last week, all the powerful words that were spoken. I hope you guys made notes and you guys are listening to the podcast. It's all on the podcast. Every one of the speakers that came spoke such powerful, powerful words. So make sure you take heed to that and and, and, and place, find, find the place for that in your life. But this was just another confirmation. Um, we can't afford to forfeit the extraordinary blessing intended for us in 2020. We must be caught up in this twirl of blessing. Amen? We must. There's no option. I do not want to see anyone here go through another year of, uh, you know, right. struggling and, you know, yeah. waiting and delays and all. The, uh, I want everyone, I want to see everyone really being caught up in this twirl of blessing and live in the place that's been intended for you by God. If you remember when the word was spoken in, in the first place, uh, God said to us that in the beginning there would be a season of testing. You guys remember that? A season of testing that God would give us access to new resources 
and uh, things that we didn't, we didn't have access to before, and you would see how we would handle it, and right after that, we would be caught up in this total blessing of extraordinary blessing, right? You guys remember that, right? Some people here have been talking to me during the last two weeks, and some here have been given access to things, to ability, to resources, to jobs that were not there two weeks ago, right? Okay? Some of you have received financial ability. You know who you are. Some of you have uh, already uh, give, been given access to new jobs that were not available to you. Some of you have been given uh, more and more opportunities in different areas. So uh, my job as a pastor is to bring everything within the rails again. Remember, this is a testing season, and God is giving you access to resources, to opportunity, to see what you do with it in order for you to be caught up in this twirl of blessing. There is a twirl of an extraordinary blessing in your way if you are indeed faithful to the Lord. So my job is to remind you of that, not as a, not as a judgment thing, but as a, as, a, as a wanting you to come into the fullness of the things that have been prepared for you for 2020. I don't want you to miss it. There's a twirl of extraordinary blessing that is going to catch you. And... Uh, uh, it's, it's on its way to you. So be diligent because God rewards the diligent. Like it says in that, in that uh, scroll. God rewards the diligent. Um, uh, be careful what you do with what the Lord has placed in your hands as far as ability and capacity to do things. If you hoard the blessing of God, the blessing of God not only will dry out, but it will die with you. If you flip the blessing like we spoke about before, then you begin to enter into a place of great blessing. So be faithful to the Lord. Please do not hold back anything that belongs to God. In 2020, become, tell yourself, I've told myself this, become the greatest godly steward you've ever been in your life so that you can enter into blessing in a, in a, in a, in a way that you've never have in your life, right? Into a, to a brand new place. Not only with the resources you have now, but also the things to come. There's things coming. There's many things coming. Uh, some of you will be overwhelmed with the amount of blessing that's coming your way in a very short time. But uh, remember to be diligent and to be faithful to the Lord with your talents, your abilities, your ability to perceive, to forgive, to give, to love, to serve, and just on and on, right? Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. Therefore, we live from a place of blessing. We are not running to search for blessing. We are blessed according to the scriptures. So we live from a place of blessing. We are always looking for opportunities to bless. That's our, our mission is to be, to be out bringing Jesus to the forefront and looking for opportunities to be a blessing to people. Mostly so, more so to the ones in the fellowship according to the scriptures. And in our community, right, our families, and then to the surrounding communities around us. So uh, be looking for opportunities to bless and be looking for opportunities to give of yourself. Be looking for opportunities to do more than what you've done because there's more blessing coming to you. Right? Amen. Amen. What a great place. What an exciting place to be. Uh, if you are indeed blessed by God, you live from the word to the world, not from the world to the words. A lot of people are in the world struggling, looking to the word to get something that would help them cope in the world. But we as believers 
are blessed by God to live from the word to the world. We give the word to the world. We don't, we're not in the world. We're not from this world, right? Remember the stickers in everybody's cars? I don't like that anyway, but <laughs> anyway. Yeah, we're not in this world, but we are here now and we're going to do something. We have a mission, you know. I'm not waiting for Jesus to just take me and run away from here. I'm looking to accomplish the, 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 the mission that is, is given to all of us. But we live as believers from the word to the world, not from the world to the words. If you're only out here struggling, trying to get through, like Paul says, beating the air, you know, just trying, and then you go to the word for a little encouragement, and then you go to the word for a little something, it's always going to be a struggle. You ought to be living, you and I ought to be living from a place of blessing from the word to the world. Isn't that cool? That's like renewal stuff right there. That didn't come from any book. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. But listen, if you think of that, of that mindset living from, okay, this is, we just got a new one. Yeah. No, not Mary. Let's go the other way. So if you're living from the word to the world, from a place of blessing, look at the word. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Okay, you gave up? Yeah, yeah, keep going. I want you to say it. Boom, bingo, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, joy, right? So, yeah. So, if you are in a place of blessing, living from a place of blessing, these things are in you and coming out of you into those around you, right? Yeah. So check yourself, assess your life to see what is being diffused from your life to those around you. If you are a blessed person, these things ought to be displayed in your life. Not that because you are better than someone, just because what's in you and what's being released from you. So assess your life and say, am I, am I diffusing love? to people around me? Am I, am I diffusing joy when people come close to me? Do I live in a place of peace? If you're living in a place of confusion all the time and struggling and fear, are you really demonstrating through the Spirit, which is peace, Christ in you? Forbearance or patience and self-control, right? Are you losing it all the time? Are you, what are you diffusing from your life? Kindness. Man, kindness, kindness, kindness. We need kind people. We have a lot of angry people around us. We need kindness. We need people to be kind to each other. We need people to open the door, to serve a meal, to help, to push, to go get it. And kindness, kindness for no reason, simply because we're living from the word to the world. Simply because what's in us is in us and therefore we diffuse it. Not because we're trying to achieve something. Goodness faithfulness. Assess your life to see that these things are indeed part of your life every day. And if they not, make corrections so that they would be. A blessed person that lives from the word to the world lives in a place of forgiveness. Anyone that is in the word wants to be like Jesus because Jesus was the word, right? I am the word. Not only he had the word, he is the word. And he lived from the word. Jesus lived from a place of meekness and forgiveness. Meekness and forgiveness. Now, I mean, we know the scripture. We all know the scripture very well, right? Ephesians 4.32. 
Be kind. Look at the word kindness. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Well, I'm done with you. No, you're not. You have Christ in you. It can't be. <laughs> you're going to forgive, you know. Well, I've had it with you. No, you haven't if Christ is in you. If you're living from the word to the world, you are on a place of forgiveness. You are looking for opportunities to forgive people. Well, Inacio, they really hurt me. Yes, but then it's an opportunity for you to forgive and display the fruit of the Spirit, right? If you're living from a place of blessing, then we have to display the fruit of, 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 of that, right? It has to be part of our lives. So just reminders of what the Word is telling us to do if you are living from a place of blessing. My friends, if we can seriously, outside of our, outside of our religious system, outside of our expectations for church, outside of all the things we do when we come together, if we can seriously consider the teaching of the Scriptures that are life, that have life, that contain life, we will truly live in a place of blessing. Outside of the circumstances around us, you don't have to be in a set of circumstances that is perfect in order for you to live well. You know, well, I'm waiting for this to, to change and, and I'm waiting for this to happen. I'm waiting for this job to come. I'm waiting for this relationship to be over. I'm waiting for my children to move. I'm waiting for this and I'm waiting for that. And listen, the day to live for the Lord is now. The day to be blessed is now where you are, right where you are, where God has placed you. You can be blessed by God right in the midst of the set of circumstances you have and where God has placed you, and you can live from the word to the world, from a place of peace, from a place of kindness, from a place of forgiveness, because of what's in you. And what's in you goes with you everywhere you go. What's in you, Christ, the hope of glory, is trans you are the transporter, you're the container that takes that same fruit of the Spirit everywhere you go. Well, that place over there is really bad. Yeah, but when you get there, it changes. You are the agent the ambassador that brings forth the light. You bring forth what it takes to change the atmosphere of a place, the atmosphere of a church, the atmosphere of anything that you walk, you, you, you enter into, you walk into. You are the agent of that. So have that mindset. I am blessed by God. And in 2020, I'm going to be a blessing to those around me. Amen? Abundant life is yours and abundant life is available. We have to choose to live in it. I think it was Steve that said last week, we have to allow this to happen. We have to choose to be chosen. I think Steve said before too, we have to choose to be chosen. God has chosen us to live like this, but we have to make that choice. We have to live in a place of forgiveness. So there's so, so much need for forgiveness right now. But well, they don't deserve it. Yeah, they may not deserve it, but... Christ deserves your heart to be yielded to the Word. That's why we forgive, not because they deserve it, because Christ Jesus deserves the yielding of our heart to the Word. That's why, you know, that is the reason why we forgive, not because we measure what, what, what we should do. It's because we humble ourselves and we, we die to ourselves in the presence of the Lord and then our hearts arise wanting to please God and, and be our hearts to be submitted to His Word. And if our hearts are submitted to the Word, then we live from a true place of forgiveness. Amen? Amen. Not because people deserve it. We need to become so attractive in our lifestyle that people fall in love with us because of the way we live. 
right? You need to become so attractive that, that by the time you begin to speak of what's in you, they're already wanting what you have, not because you tell people if you don't do this or don't do that, God will punish you or, you know, there's so much manipulation going on. If you don't, if you don't turn to Jesus right now, you're going to walk out the door and die and this and that. And that we can go on and on. But listen, we, we want to live as a people that are so blessed by God that our life becomes attractive to a place where others want that. People want what you have. And then when the inquiry comes, we say it's Jesus. Then we point it to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's for Jesus. And we all at the foot of the cross looking unto Jesus. Amen? Everything we do here when we get together is because of Jesus. Not because of the stuff we have going on here. Not the building, not the music, even though this is all great. It's all because of Jesus. We open that door because of Jesus. People are here because of Jesus. We are moving forward because of Jesus. We sing praises to Jesus. We are looking unto Jesus. Amen? But let us become attractive more than the things we say. Living in the way of Christ and the apostles is such an exciting thing. Creating a Christ-centered community. Isn't that good? I love that. Christ-centered community. That people would come and say, oh, wow. You know, our lives display the fruit of the Spirit. And, and it points to Jesus. It, it displays Jesus. Amen? Amen? Being the fragrance of Christ in every place. Right? Remember that? The fragrance of Christ in every place. In fact, let me put that up. Uh, oh, no. Did I miss that one? I, I, maybe I didn't put it there. Ah, there you go. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Probably underlined in your Bible. But thanks be to God who always, 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 always leads us in triumph or into victory in some translations in Christ and through us, you, through you, us, what does he do? Spreads and makes evident everywhere the sweet fragrance of the knowledge of him. That's the, that's the amplified, by the way. But, but read that again. Listen, look at that. Always leading us into victory and through you, he spreads and makes evident everywhere the sweet fragrance of the knowledge of him. So see yourself as a diffuser. Of the fragrance of Christ. This week, uh, uh, there were diffusers on sale at uh, Lowe's. <laughs> I've been going to Lowe's to get deals. You know, Lisa always calls when there's a deal, something's dropping, or we're getting, or whatever. There's a lot of stuff we get that uh, it's, it's broken in the back, but we turn it this way and put it on the wall, and you walk in there and it looks, wow, and you don't even know. You know, there's a lot of stuff like that. Deals, you know, scratches, we take pen, mm, mm, we fix it, but we bought it for. 30 instead of 300. Anyway, went to get the fusers, and we, you know, the plug in on the wall, and we plugged them up in the sanctuary there. <coughs> People started showing up, and they would walk in the front door and go, wow, oh, it smells so nice in here. Such a nice atmosphere, as opposed to before, they come into work, oh, yeah. a lot of work. Now it's like, ah, oh, it smells so good in here. People made several comments, oh, we got the fusers, you know. We got diffusers with the different smells and stuff. It's really nice. So a diffuser has a job. It is to transfer the fragrance that it received. I took the little liquid and <laughs> plugged it in there. And the job of that diffuser, that diffuser received an ability. And now it has to spread it. Yeah. 
right? That's what we do in Christ. We have received the blessing of the Lord to now become diffusers of the fragrance of Christ in every place. The evidence of Christ in every place. The sweet fragrance of Christ in every place. And every place means every place. We don't have to look up the Greek word on that one or get some special revelation. Every place means every place. Means in your bedroom, in your bathroom, at work, in your car, with your colleagues at church, anywhere, in every place. If you're sitting in an airplane next to somebody, in every place, you are the diffuser of the fragrance of Christ. Amen? Think of yourself, I'm a diffuser. I'm a diffuser. What an example, huh? I'm a diffuser. <laughs> Great example. The fragrance of Christ in every place. When you go there, you bring the fragrance. What are people uh, seeing or smelling, if you will, in your life when they look at your life? When they approach you, what fragrance are they intaking? Is it Jesus? <laughs> it's biscuit, somebody says. <laughs> Is it Jesus? <laughs> right? You and I are the fragrance of Christ and we live from a place of blessing I really wanted us to enter the year with that mindset we know what God spoke uh, we had those encouraging words last week but now we have to actually walk in these things yeah. right as opposed to just saying oh great word that's awesome praise God but now I go back to autopilot and do what I do every day now we have to intentionally think about these things and live in them and actually and actually make adjustments to our lifestyle and, and go certain places and do certain things and be intentional about actually being a blessing. Think about this, getting up, going to work, and when you get into that front door at work, I mean, I'm here to be a blessing. I'm here to be a diffuser of blessing. Think about that coming to visit family or, or, or coming to church even. Walk in here and instead of going after what needs to be changed, they'll say, hey, I'm here to bless. I'm here to do something. I'm here to be a blessing, right? The mindset that we diffuse the fragrance of Christ. We become attractive. We become a people that are desirable. And by the time you are already attractive as in your lifestyle, by the time you're living in the way of Christ and the apostles, it will be so easy to actually people will come and inquire from you. What, what is it that you're doing? And you, then you point it to Jesus. Then you say, well, it's Christ in us, really, the hope of glory. It's, it's all about Jesus. It's all to Jesus and for Jesus. Amen? Now, listen, all of us have been uh, challenged with situations. Uh, as God is calling us to a place of blessing, uh, the distractions of the enemy are, are, are very real, you know, to, to derail us and to cause us to be caught up in all these other things that would take us away from the very place that we meant to be, a place of blessing. And normally, the enemy does two things. In, for what I've learned in my lifestyle, in my walk of faith, intimidation and provocation is the two, the, two, two, the two avenues of the enemy. Intimidation is always this thing that, you know, if you do this, then this might happen or that might happen. The if and the fear and all that, all that intimidation part, right? And then the second is provocation. The enemy is constantly provoking, provoking from all avenues, provoking you, provoking you to anger, provoking you to to derail, provoking you to lose your confidence, provoking you all the different possibilities. But I want to offer you this. If you're living from a place of blessing, you're living from a place where Jesus did being the word. And Jesus was 
by far the best human being we've ever seen. We saw 100% Christ and 100% God in Jesus, but as, as, as 100% human, and, and as, as we saw him as a human, as a human, he was the, 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 the most meek person and forgiving person we've ever known, humanity has ever known, correct? So um, uh, let's see if I can go. Oh, we got a new remote. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so we go. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, the words of Jesus. Blessed are the, the meek, for they, or the meek, will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for the meek will inherit the earth. Yeah. Not the proud. The meek will inherit the earth. Yeah. As the provocations of the enemy comes to you to rob your attention from living in a place of blessing, take the avenue, take the example, take the Jesus style. Become the meek person in the situation. And meek doesn't mean to be or allow people to abuse you. Meek is to choose not to fight and forgive. Meekness is to choosing to love and not trying to prove a point. Meekness is to step back and wait. Meekness is a place of waiting and allowing God to do what God, only God can do, really. A place of meekness. So the next uh, situation that comes toward you and there's an opportunity to fight, you're not a fighter. You're an overcomer. Okay? The one that fights your battles is the Lord. We fight with the Lord, behind the Lord, right? We are fighters in the sense of being warriors, but we're not to be fighting our way through things. We are to be handling things, the Jesus style, which is to become meek. Because the meek, oh, they'll inherit the earth. From the sole major plan that God has, has prepared for the world, this whole thing that's coming when the glory of God shall fill the earth, couple those two together, glory of God filling the earth, and the meek shall inherit the earth. Oh my, I want to be found with a meek. I don't want to be found with a proud. I want to be found wasting my energy or putting my energy and my call into a place of blessing, living from the word to the world, rather than spending my time spinning, trying to, trying to get along, you know, trying to get things done. Become meek. Meek people always get blessed by God. Jesus loves meek people. Jesus was meek himself. The meek shall inherit the earth. I just had to throw that in there for some of you. I don't know if some of you are struggling with stuff, but uh, very important. If you're living from a place of blessing, live from a place of meekness. Jesus himself said it. Man, a person that lives from a place of blessing diffuses the fragrance of Christ in every place, and you want to live like Christ did. That's just the way, that's the standard, amen? So see yourself as a diffuser. See yourself as one that would, uh, that carries the responsibility of diffusing the fragrance of Christ. And now obviously I'm not talking about behaving, you know, like a great Christian or, you know, doing all the religious stuff. Uh, I'm asking you to consider uh, yielding your heart to the Lord and to the Word and then live from that to, to the situation around you. Not, not just performing to a religious level. Um, I, I, I spoke to someone this week that came here and told me, um, Anasio, I'm trying to do everything I possibly can. I'm really struggling. I'm doing a lot of stuff. I'm trying really hard to be a good Christian. Red light. 
red light. You're not to be doing that. You're not to be trying. You are to be so submitted, so so done and living in a place of blessing that it's, it's not about trying, it's about being who you are, right? Let there be. In the beginning, God said, let there be. And, and when you're in the light, the light will come out of you. The fragrance of Christ will come out of you. It's, if you try and try, you can try until you're blue in the face. You can try to do better until you're blue in the face. And of course, there's an element of improvement in our lives that we need to go after and all that good stuff. But, but listen, more than trying to be a great Christian, you, you ought to be just dead to Christ, you know? And then the fragrance of Christ will automatically flow out of you. Don't try, just die. <laughs> That's another renewal one, yeah. Don't try, just die, you know? I'm really trying. Well, how about dying? You know, if you die, the promise that the, the king of the universe gives you is that if you die, if you lose your life, you will find it. Amen. If you truly die, you will receive resurrection and you will live from a place of blessing that in your own flesh you can't do. These very things that God says he will do for you if you die, you cannot do in your own ability. You could, you could try, go to the best setup, best church, and you could try to get the best education and best everything. You can check all the dots, but there's a place of blessing that you only get when you die to yourself and you are now experiencing resurrection with Christ. It's just a beautiful place. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory, uh, being diffused from you to others around you. It's a beautiful place to be. Amen? My friends, we can't go around... You know, trying to convince people we have a special anointing or a revelation or whatever, if we're not diffusing the, the fruits of the Spirit in our life, right? Yeah, right. Otherwise, people, won't, they, won't, they won't believe us. They won't listen to us. They may smile at you and go like, okay, but they, won't, they don't believe anything you're saying, you know? If we, if, we not, if we are indeed anointed of God, we're living from a place of blessing. Yeah. Uh, as I was talking to this person that came here and said, I'm trying to be a Christian woman over all the good stuff that's going on. And I said, listen, like the laws of nature that govern the physical universe, there's laws that govern the physical universe. There are laws that govern the supernatural. The supernatural realm is very real. And what takes place in the supernatural realm pretty much determines what goes on in the natural realm. So as there are laws for the physical, there are laws for the spiritual. And if you don't submit to the law, to the things of the spirit, what gets transferred from the spiritual realm to the natural is not going to be what you want. It's not going to be what's, what you desire. It's not going to be a place of blessing. So with, with the measure, with, with having this mindset, remember what Jesus said, with the measure that you measure, you shall be measured. Woo! Think about that. If I break the laws of the Spirit with the very measure that I measure others around me, I will be measured. So if I am living from a place of blessing, forgiving, I shall be forgiven. If I'm living from a place of love and embracing, I shall be loved, right? If I'm living from a place of judgment because I have something you don't have, what will I receive? Judgment, right? So we cannot break the laws of measures. It'll break us if we're not careful, right? Remember when God blessed Adam and Eve in the very beginning, God blessed them in an extraordinary way. God woke up one morning and said, Adam and Eve, here's this beautiful 
lavish, gorgeous garden. It's all yours. It's got everything you need, all the food you need, all the animals. You get the domain. you in charge. You do what you want, how you want. And at the end of the day, when your belly is full and you've enjoyed everything, you come and walk with God and talk with God in the cool of the day. What a place. What a place, right? Talk about an extraordinary blessing. They were blessed extraordinarily from the day, the word go, from day one. Take this and take this blessing. God transmitted to them. God gave them the blessing and then the opportunity to live in that blessing and to diffuse that blessing and to flip that blessing. And we know what they did, right? They turned their back on God and they decided to listen to a different voice and they went the route of sin. And sin robbed them from their blessing. Sin robbed them from what God had given them. It wasn't God that took it away. It was their decision to not yield to the voice of God and yield to another voice that robbed them from living in a place of blessing. Deliberate sin, really, that's what happened. That's, there's, nothing, there's nothing that will destroy the momentum of blessing in your life quicker than deliberate sin or pride that will like, no. Well, then, you diffuse, then, then you're not diffusing blessing no more, right? The hope for us today, though, the good part is that the original sin mat, or, 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 mat is matched at, with Jesus at the cross, right? Yeah. Jesus comes to the cross, breaks the curse of sin, yeah. and now makes us righteous, right? In Christ Jesus, we are made righteous again. And because of the cross and the blood of the Lamb, we are now able to enter into the presence of God and almost have like a second chance, right? We're able to get in and be received at the throne room, at the presence of the Lord. And with one big, big difference, the, the, the veil is cut open. And the way, this new and living way in Christ Jesus is now open to who? To who? Anyone, whomsoever will come. This idea that some people have some special... Uh, Oh, I have some special things in the courts of heaven. I have special things in the courtroom of, you know, no, you don't, nothing. The word says the veil is opened, and it's now a new living way to Christ Jesus. And whomsoever, anyone, anyone that would enter and come unto Jesus, all of you that are weary and tired, anyone that would come and enter, you have full access to the very holy of holies, the presence of the Lord, the presence of Almighty God. And we all enter as children to the throne room of God. And we all hear the voice of God. We all have fellowship with God. Amen? Amen. Don't let anybody rob you from that place of deep intimacy with God himself. Well, you pray. Remember Moses? They said to Moses, well, you go up there and you meet with God. You go there talk to God because they, they didn't want to stop partying. They were partying, you know. And we, we know if we listen to God, then we can party no more. So, so you go listen to God and then come back and tell us what God said. And we'll see if we can fit that into this. And then if that doesn't work, then, you know, Moses, you talk to God. You're being robbed from a place of blessing because they were building, you know, things out of gold. They wanted to worship and all the other stuff, right? The cross... Where Jesus went and where the blood of the Lamb uh, was shared, the cross is where the curse of sin is broken and the blessing of God is bestowed. 
we are a generation that has been bestowed with blessing because of the cross. So you and I, 2020, have a unique opportunity to turn to the Lord and give, or, or, or give him the place that he deserves in our hearts and live from a place of blessing, live from the word to the world. So how do you, how do you conserve and multiply this momentum of blessing? Because it's one thing to be blessed once in a while. It's another thing to actually live in the favor of God on a continuous uh, you know, place where you're experiencing the presence of God. The only way to maintain the momentum is to flip the blessing, not to hold it. You can't hold it. If we fail to flip the blessing, we hit the point where it begins to diminish and return to what once was nothing. It, it, you can't hold it. You cannot hold the blessing of God. If, if you do, eventually you lose all spiritual momentum. And then you, we wonder why, you know. God doesn't bless selfishness. God is not in that deal. If you're just going to get, get, get and make yourself comfortable and be happy, it'll dry out. And then you'll have to go get some more somewhere and then it'll dry out. And then you go somewhere and it'll dry. You'll go to all the sources. You'll go to all the anointed people. You'll go to all the places. You'll go to all the relationships to get all you can, but it'll keep drying out. That's different from living in Jesus from the throne room, from a place of blessing, from the word to the world. If the blessing of God stops with you, it will eventually stop altogether. Instead of being a, a conduit for blessing uh, and maintaining the blessing of God, we start to settle in for, for other energies. You know, uh, well, I got a word here and I got this here and I got that and I got that. We look for other things we can hold on to. But that's not the place we're meant to live in. We're meant to be blessed by God in an extraordinary way and be diffusers of that very blessing. Amen? Well, I'm making lots of sacrifices to be a good Christian. I am not sure that our 21st century sacrifices are on par with the first century church. And with that, I'm, I'm saying it nicely. You know, I, I'm not sure that the, the things we consider sacrifices would be, would be called sacrifices before God. They may be uncomfortable for us in some ways, but uh, the, the first century church, the, the, the first believers, they didn't just try the gospel, they gave their lives to the gospel. They died to themselves. The ones that first followed Jesus, they didn't say, uh, okay, Jesus, uh, I'll, I'll check. Let me see, I go fishing on Thursdays, and uh, I have a party on Sunday afternoon, and I'll give you Sunday night for two hours. And I'm not saying um, maybe some of you came to help for two hours. Oh, he's talking to me. No, 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 none of that, okay? If you had to go to a party, that's not you, okay? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is those people encountered Jesus to such a place, and Jesus said, follow me. And what did they do? They dropped everything they were doing, and they followed him. And their lives were radically forever changed. Now let me close with this. We have some God-sized vision and dreams for what we believe God wants to do here. That's why we haven't left yet. We've had the chance to leave many times, but we're not leaving until we see what God promised you would do. But uh, when you have a God-sized vision, you never get there. When you have a God-sized, when God gives you a vision, you're never going to get there. You know why? It sounds discouraging. Huh? Now listen. 
Listen, you grow with the vision, and the vision grows in you. When you're pursuing what God called you to do, the vision gets to grow in you. You grow bigger, you want more, you want to see more. And the closer you get to doing the will of God, the more you realize how little you're doing. And how, uh, how little you know. The more you know of the Lord, man, I'm telling you, people that get to truly, really know the presence of the Lord, they come out of there saying, I don't know anything. They come out humble, they come out meek, they come out saying, I know so little. The more you learn, the more you enter into doing the will of God, the more you realize, oh my gosh, I've got a ways to go. Because we get humbled in the presence of the Lord. We were just talking here this week. Somebody was asking questions about, well, somebody said Jesus walked into their room. And he saw the face of Jesus. I was like, uh, let's talk about that for a second. If Jesus walked into your room and you saw the face of Jesus, you, human, would be on your face, crying, broken, worshiping. You would never be the same. You would never talk the same. You would never think the same. Your life would be completely, radically transformed if you saw Jesus face to face. You would not say the same things. You would not walk the same way. You would not carry yourself the same way. You would never be the same if Jesus encountered you face to face. Most people won't even survive the presence of the Lord. To that level. Every single, every single, every single aspect of scripture and story where the people encounter the angel of the Lord, such as Moses, Joshua, Gideon, all, every one of them, that moment completely, radically changed them, transformed them forever. They were not the same person. Everything changed. So if we are entering to this place of doing the will of God, the closer, the more, the deeper we get the more humble we get, the more we realize how little we know of you, God. The more we realize, oh, we need to know you. We become like Paul. After writing two-thirds of the New Testament, Paul comes to the end and says, oh, I want to know Christ. All this that I know, all this that I've done is rubbish. It's worth nothing. I, I need, I want to know Christ. That's the place, my friend. So when you have a God-sized vision, you really never get there until the day of Christ. But... If you continue to excel and to pursue this place of blessing in the presence of the Lord, you will reach excellence and beyond. You will live well. You will live in a way that you are meant to live in a place of blessing. 2020 is the year we're going to go above and beyond. Remember Woody and Buzz Lightyear? Yeah. Above and beyond. <laughs> love that movie. I've watched it like a hundred times. I love it. It's a kid's movie, huh? I know. I know. Is it Woody or Buzz Lightyear that goes, mm, Buzz Lightyear, right? Yeah, I know it. Yeah. Yeah, infinity. Okay. And beyond. Anyway, got to watch the movie again. We're going above and beyond. We believe in God for outrageous things, very big, impossible things here that we're careful to share with some people because it can be overwhelming. But let me tell you, we're all in the beginning. We're only in the beginning. We're only in the beginning of some very amazing things. Uh, we are blessed to be a blessing. We are called to be diffusers of the blessing, to live from a place of blessing in every place. You not see when I come to church on Sunday morning, people are like, oh, I'm coming. I'm so desperate. I'm coming because I need to be encouraged. I already come encouraged because I come with Christ and I come on a mission. I come here to diffuse blessing. 
I already, when I walk through the door, I'm not waiting for somebody to, you know, boom, poke me with something or give me a red bull. Certainly, when we worship together, it's encouraging. Certainly, we encourage each other with the word. Certainly, with all these things. But I already come fully loaded. I already come ready to put my hands up regardless of what the circumstances are. Regardless of who thinks what, who does what. Regardless of what people say of me or not. I'm coming to be a blessing. I'm coming to raise my hands to the King of glory. I'm coming to be a light upon a hill. I'm coming to do something. I want to be a blessing. I'm not coming to get something. I'm coming to give something. Because I already come with something. I come from a place of the word into the world. So exciting. And I don't mean that in a prideful way, in a humble way, but don't wait on anybody. You be the worshiper. You get up and clap your hands. You sing. You pray. You give. You get excited. You sit in the front row. You be awakened to the King of glory. You lead the charge. You are being led by Christ Jesus into victory. You are the hope of glory. Christ is in you. So you get to your feet and you go, I'm doing this for the King of glory. I'm not waiting on Joe, Doe, and Mo. I'm doing it. Hallelujah. Ultimately, my friends, look to be meek. See, I want my inheritors. I'm like those guys in the Old Testament, remember? Who was it? Caleb? I want my mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want no, like, make it every week and, like, oh, just another mountain, Lord. No, I want my mountain. I'm a son. I want access to my full inheritance. I want everything Christ died for. I don't want a little bit of it. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want a song about it. I want my mountain. I want the fullness of the things that have been given to me by Christ Jesus. And I'm going to go for it. Oh, the meek shall inherit the earth. So look to become meek. To receive your full inheritance. Look to be like Jesus. Look unto Jesus. Look to worship Jesus. Look to love Jesus. My friends, everything we do here is and must be about Jesus. About Jesus. Let people forget our names. Let people forget the name of the church. But remember who Jesus is. Let people come here and encounter the presence of Almighty God. Let people come and touch Jesus in our fellowship here. Amen.